This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. President Joe Biden said that America would defend, quote, every inch of NATO as he met with nine leaders from the alliance's eastern flank in Poland. Earlier, his Russian counterpart, Vladimir Putin, said that relations between China and Russia had reached, quote, new milestones in a meeting with Wang Yi, China's top diplomat. His visit is expected to lay the ground for a meeting between Mr. Putin and China's president, Xi Jinping, probably in the spring. The diplomatic flurry comes ahead of the first anniversary of Russia's invasion on Friday. Israeli forces killed at least 10 Palestinians and injured scores more in a daytime raid in the city of Nablus in the West Bank. The Israeli army said it targeted Palestinian terrorists from two militant groups, Lion's Den and Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Israel and Palestine have seen an uptick in violence this year, including a deadly raid on the city of Jenin last month. America's Federal Reserve was unified in its decision on February 1st to raise interest rates by one quarter of a percentage point, the group's meeting minutes showed. Some policymakers, however, said they supported raising rates by half a percentage point to more effectively combat inflation. The Fed's February rate increase was of a smaller increment than the six before it. Intel slashed its annual dividend by two-thirds to 50 cents a share amid a cost-cutting drive and flagging demand for chips. The American chipmaker's boss said free cash flow, quote, fell below our guard bands in the fourth quarter of 2022 when it recorded a loss and earlier promised to save $3 billion this year. Intel has forecast another loss in the current quarter. Heavy rains have killed 48 people in southeastern Brazil since the deluge started last weekend, officials said. Dozens remain missing, and cities such as São Sebastião and Ubatuba have canceled their carnival festivities as rescue efforts continue. More Brazilians are dying in devastating floods and landslides, partly because of badly situated and poorly constructed housing in areas vulnerable to them. Toyota, Japan's largest carmaker, upped the wages of 68,000 of their unionized workers in annual pay negotiations. The raise, the company's largest in two decades, prompted Honda to follow suit with a 5% increase. That will be welcomed by the country's central bank, which has committed to ultra-low interest rates, partly to break three decades of stagnation in Japanese wages. Shamima Begum lost her appeal against a decision to revoke her British citizenship after she traveled to Syria to join Islamic State at the age of 15. Britain's government stripped Ms. Begum of her citizenship in 2019 and has refused to repatriate her from a refugee camp in northern Syria. It argues that Ms. Begum is a security risk. And fact of the day, 40%, the percentage of the Philippines' electrical grid owned by Chinese firms. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. The Eurozone's Volatile Inflation Data Tech problems are especially embarrassing when everyone is watching. As the world awaited the release of the Eurozone's January inflation figures on February 1st, Eurostat, the EU Statistics Bureau, announced that Germany's contribution was missing because of a technical problem that had forced the agency merely to estimate the country's figure. On Thursday, Europe's price data will be updated and released. 
The revision will probably be upward. Germany published its full January figures on Wednesday. They show consumer prices rising by 9.2% year-on-year, or 0.5% on the previous month, not seasonally adjusted. The energy data shows why. As a one-off government rebate on utility bills ran out, energy prices increased by 8.3% between December and January. Energy costs have come down in wholesale markets, but it is not clear if or when that decline will be passed on to consumers. Europe's inflation data over the coming months may be volatile, IT problems or not. The Fed's Magical Disappearing Act When the Federal Reserve publishes new balance sheet figures on Thursday, they will probably show another step downwards. Since mid-2022, the Fed has shrunk its assets from $9 trillion to $8.4 trillion. This carefully managed decline is known as quantitative tightening, QT, the reverse of quantitative easing, QE, purchases of bonds on a massive scale used by the Fed to support the economy during downturns. The Fed wants QT to play out quietly. It plans to shrink its balance sheet by about $2.5 trillion in total by mid-2024 in order to bring it closer to its pre-COVID size. But the Fed's monetary operations may soon get trickier. Many investors think that it will shift from raising interest rates to cutting them later this year as economic growth falters. That could create a conflict in which the Fed is cutting rates, a form of easing, at the same time as shrinking its assets, a form of tightening. Markets would go from QE to QT to Q-confusion. Alibaba looks to the future. China's reopening after three years of zero-COVID measures is great news for consumer tech giants like Alibaba and Tencent. The attempt by the country's president, Xi Jinping, to shut out the pandemic depressed consumption, and these companies suffered. The extent of the pain will become clearer on Thursday when Alibaba reports its fourth-quarter earnings. Most analysts think that revenues shrank a bit year-on-year, although earnings per share may have risen from the previous quarter. Investors will be poring over company statements in hopes of finding signs that the worst is over. Some believe that opening up will result in a consumption boom as households finally get the opportunity to spend their pandemic savings. That should boost sales on Alibaba's platforms of discretionary goods such as clothing and cosmetics. Others will be looking for hints that Mr. Xi's crackdown on big tech is over. BAE Systems and the Race to Arm Ukraine Britain's FTSE 100 share index has been on a tear of late, but few of its companies have done as well as BAE Systems. The share price of Europe's biggest defense contractor, which reports its financial results for 2022 on Thursday, has risen by more than 50% over the past year. As a manufacturer of everything from frigates and fighter jets to electronic warfare systems, it has done very well out of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. A BAE product, the 155mm howitzer shell, is at the heart of the West's struggle to keep Ukraine's arsenal stocked. Having exhausted their Soviet-era ammunition, Ukraine's army increasingly relies on NATO countries for such shells. Yet America and Europe combined currently make enough in a year only to maintain a three-month barrage. That is a worry as Ukraine faces the prospect of a new Russian offensive. BAE's earnings will interest investors, but of more immediate importance is how fast it can ramp up production. 
A confessional K-pop podcast. Growing up, Vivian Yoon hid a secret behind her baggy jeans and emo records. The Korean-American was raised in Los Angeles' K-Town, the center of its Korean diaspora. But one thing she could never reveal, she loved K-pop. For more than a decade now, K-pop has been globally popular, and Ms. Yoon, pictured, is ready to confess. A writer and actor, her new podcast, K-Pop Dreaming, recounts the rise of K-pop and Korean-Americans' contribution to it. The first two episodes, released on Thursday, suggest that both the music and the diaspora have been explored better elsewhere. But then, the podcast's real subject is Ms. Yoon herself. Her attempts to figure out how her Korean heritage and K-Town upbringing have shaped her life are the podcast's most compelling elements and perhaps its most divisive. Listeners charmed by Ms. Yoon's openness will enjoy her frequent autobiographical recollections. For others, her confessional style may be a distraction from her musical and sociological themes. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. Thursday, which Native American people who lived along the St. Lawrence River were also known as the Wyandot? Wednesday, which ex-football star's wife was once known as Posh Spice? Finally, here's the quote of the day from W.E.B. Du Bois, who was born on this day in 1868. The cost of liberty is less than the price of repression. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.